The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. Okay, you guys, so you know that our content lately has been very LA-based because we were supposed to be there, and so we've been talking to a lot of LA entrepreneurs, and Karina is just another one who is so cool, Mm -hmm. who is so authentic. Like We were just talking about this before we hit record, how killer the LA founder space is. We love them, and we may or may not just need to move to LA. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. We're going to hop off a plane at LAX. Oh my gosh. No, you didn't. Shut up. I didn't (laughs) just say that. Fuck. (laughs) With a dream in my card again. Fuck. (laughs) Are you Hannah Montana? Are you Miley Cyrus doubling as Hannah Montana? Because you're blonde. Yeah. So I'm Hannah. I feel like this this Um, intro is going somewhere fast and I'm going to get us back on track. Okay. Yes. We wanted to talk to Karina because she's so authentic. And I was just being authentic there, Kelsey. So anyways, but sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So Karina Chaz founded Dead Cool, such a cool brand. So in this first episode, we're talking all about her story and founding Mm -hmm. it. It's really cool. And then we're going to come out in a few days with an episode about how she fosters this authenticity because I think it's such a superpower for how she's built her brand. I couldn't agree more. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Wait, before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor of this week's podcast, which is Mintier. If you've heard me talk about them before, this is the antidote to bad coffee breath between meetings when you're working from home and you don't have time to run and brush your teeth between meetings. This is it. It is an oil-based breath mint that doesn't use sugar, which as we know with normal breath mints, they're full of sugar and that actually perpetuates bad breath. So you get temporary relief and then it feels like that coffee breath comes back 10 times worse. The beautiful thing about the oil-based breath mint is that you get the same freshness, that same cooling effect without the sugar. So it actually nips the coffee breath um, in the bud. And so I would just opening my bottle here. I've been using this for two weeks and I'm almost out. I probably use this too much. I'm at like four to five times a day in between all of my meetings and I just, I'm obsessed with it. I keep it at my desk and it makes it so convenient. The founders of Mintier, you guys are just amazing. Ray and Jess, I'm so proud of you. You've done so many orders in such a short amount of time and you're so intentional and you're just hustling with this because you believe in what you're doing and I think that's so inspiring. If anybody has not gone and purchased Mintier, now is your chance. And actually, Ray and Jess have been so kind as to extend a discount to all of the They Get It listeners. If you click the show notes, you'll find the Mintier website. Go there. And then when you go to check out, use the code THEYGETIT for 20% off. So reminder, go to the show notes, click the Mintier website, add your product to cart, and at checkout, Add they get it for 20% off your order. Okay, with that, let's get back into the show. 
Welcome back to another episode. Today we're chatting with Karina Chaz, who is the founder of Dead Cool, which is honestly such a cool brand. When me and Kelsey were talking about this episode, we're like, Karina is the ultimate LA cool girl. And so we're so excited to chat with you today, Karina. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat all things. Yeah. Amazing. So to start off, tell the audience what Dead Cool is and how it came to be. Yeah. So Dead Cool is my company. I started when I was 21, um, really in like my college dorm room. I have always been obsessed with fragrance and I came up, uh, you know, in like a, I wouldn't say hippy dippy, but maybe more of like a conscious household. And with that being said, I was never able to uh, use the products I had so desired. And fragrance was something that was so personal to me. And you know, with all of that being said, fragrance can be used as self-expression or identity. And mm-hmm. I started formulating my own scents at a young age and I made an Instagram account. And, you know, here we are five years later, Dead Cool exists now as a fragrance, as a laundry detergent, as a car air freshener. We have other lifestyle items for your daily essentials and household needs. But of course, taking the mundane out of like your traditional essentials. So kind of creating your signature scent within um, a range of different products. So Dead Cool started as a fragrance company. And of course, as you know, we learn with the pandemic and as full, you know, change and develop and evolve, we wanted to offer our customers something a little more of a tangible, essential and necessity with something a little more uh, fun about it. So I would consider us to be a lifestyle company at this point in time. And we do have a bunch of really fun uh, releases, but health and wellness, beauty, and definitely fragrance. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So I um, it's kind of funny. We had Kara Golden from Hintwater on the podcast too. And I'm like, when you have a product that's so sensory, but people are listening to a podcast, how would you describe your products and maybe relative to other fragrances on the market? So Dead Cool is 100% unisex. We also are one of the more sustainable brands out there. With that being said, we don't have any water in our composition. So not only do we have a longer lasting wear, we eliminate water and a functional aspect. So in replace of water, we use 23 organic extracts, which all have healing properties, all do something, just create a base. So there's just so much when it comes to manufacturing and everything we do is just like so precise and mm-hmm. and focusing on our ethos. And of course, like our mission is so important and we want to create products with function and not just create more waste um, that we already have in the world. So we've got enough yeah. at this point. Absolutely. And okay, so I I want to hear about we said not hippy dippy, but your mom and your parents and what have you adopted from them in terms of fragrance? Like what are the things that people should be steering away from that they might not know about in traditional fragrances? So I say the one thing when it comes to green beauty and kind of you know, stepping into a more conscious consumer approach, the one thing to switch, in my personal opinion, would be deodorant and fragrance. Because mm-hmm. deodorant is directly going onto your skin. You absorb everything that you put on your skin. We absorb about 65% of everything. And fragrance, again, you're directly spraying it onto your skin. Of course, you know, spray it onto your clothes or 
however you want it to wear. But when it comes to clean and safe products, you know, there's all there's a lot of hormone disruptors. There's a lot of chemicals that we don't mm. about um, phthalates, which are not great. And for someone like myself, and you know, my parents, they never they were more about what the earth had to offer us. And yeah. I, there was for me, I wanted a really beautiful complex fragrance and essential oils just don't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we have something called a safe synthetic composition, which a lot of people don't know this, but plants have hormones like humans do. So we essentially <laughs> manipulate plant hormones to then create fragrance within it's called nature identical. So with the manipulation, we're able to extract and create really beautiful complex fragrances without only using essential oils, which, you know, when you look at essential oils, they're amazing. There's so many healing properties, but it takes a lot of water to um, grow and farm and harvest. So eliminating water, we do use a few essential oils, but when it comes to the overall composition, we use safe synthetic. And the fragrance world is very behind in terms of terminology. So when you look at something 100% natural, when you look at something with the word synthetic, it doesn't necessarily have to be black or white. 100% natural is great, but you know, an overuse of essential oils is toxic to a person. Yeah. So there's just so many details. And again, I think education is so important, which is definitely one of our brand pillars is educating our consumer why we do what we do and how we can really expand on clean, safe alternatives. And thank God, because I know nothing. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to learn a lot in this episode. I want I want to go back and you mentioned just a second ago that you were super young yeah. experimenting with fragrance. And I know there's a certain story of some <laughs> big trilogy that wanted in. Tell us the story of that. So I come from a background in manufacturing. My parents, they started their company in the eighties. And essentially my mom was born on a farm. So again, going with this hippy dippy lifestyle that we live, she made cosmetics and products for uh, hotel groups. And with that, I really just spent my upbringing in the lab experimenting and playing with fragrances. So I've been making fragrances for about, I would say since I was 13 years old and I'm about to turn 28 next week. So I've been doing it for a long time. But with that being said, I experimented, played around with fragrances. I don't remember exactly how this happened, but uh, fragrance number one, Taunt, which is in um, our Dead Cool collection now, got in the hands of like someone, you know, I live in LA, so there's always someone with some entertainment connection. Mm -hmm. It landed in the hands of someone who was marketing and basically... They do like commercial buy-ins for brands. And what is the word I'm thinking? It's like a, it's just a contract deal. You put your name on it and they sell um, the product. Oh my gosh. It'll come to me. But as, yeah, as soon as we move on, we'll think we about that. We want to put your name on the Twilight fragrance. We want to buy this fragrance from you. And I was like, well, I mean, I was 16 at the time and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I was like, no. I don't really think I want to like sell this. They weren't offering me a lot of money or anything. Like I'm sure if they did at the time, I would be like, oh yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. And I said, well, instead of buying this composition, I would 
be more than happy to make this another fragrance for you. So I was able to work with Twilight, I guess. It's not directly the Twilight. It's like the company branding their products. (laughs) Wait, what 13-year-old says no to that? I was 16, but I 16, 16. You have to walk me through the psychology. If anyone remotely close to Twilight, even if they said they read the Twilight books and they come to me and they want my fragrance, I'm handing it over. What was that like? It was, I mean, I'm not like a huge Twilight fan. I know. (laughs) Okay, that helps. So I was like, I watched like the first movies. I was just excited that I at least had the opportunity to create something that like could maybe go somewhere. I didn't really know. And then my mom kind of pushed me and she was like, maybe you should consider doing this as a career. Like, and I was just, you know, when you're 16, you have no idea. The only thing you care about is getting your license. So yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> so when did it shift? You said at the time you didn't want this or you didn't know if this was going to be your career. When did you decide that this was something you wanted to pursue? Um, so I, it's funny because again, I had no interest in anything beauty. Never. Like I don't wear makeup. I don't care. I now, obviously, as I you know, expand my skincare routine. I consider things a little more than I once did, but I always wanted to be in the art world. And again, I never really had an interest in doing quote unquote what my parents did because Mm -hmm. when you resist them, um, Mm -hmm. they, they never made fragrance, but it's still like the world of like formulating. I was like, this is cool, but I don't really like care about it. And it, I went away to college and the first year I just felt like I was misplaced. And mm-hmm. I was like, instead of taking steps forward and taking steps back, I then quote unquote dropped out and moved back home to LA. So all of my friends were out of state. I was basically alone. I applied back to school and started doing school in LA and I graduated a year later than I should have, which was like amazing at the time I was able to kind of reconfigure my life. But while this was happening in the front end, in the background, I was making fragrance just for fun. And Deadpool was really a hobby that I could spend my time doing while everyone was like pursuing their college careers. And I just figured it wasn't for me and I wanted a different type of learning and education. So it's kind of funny how it led me it's like a domino effect. It's like this happens in your life and then you take this opportunity and it just ended up being super organic and, um, you know, very meaningful to my life. Yeah, no kidding. And it is true. It's like you just take the next right step and you follow that intuition and then you see what develops from there. And I know we're going to get into authenticity more throughout the interviews. So we'll get to that in a bit. And I'm excited to dive into that. Um, tell the audience where Dead Cool is today, what the yeah. evolution's been. Um, so dead cool, it's crazy. I, again, this is like my hobby that is now my full-time job. Um, we have about 15 people working on the brand daily. Um, we're sold in about 150 stores in the U S um, our e-com brand or e-com business is quite substantial and we're entering in some really, um, amazing markets, uh, this year. So I can't really announce, but, uh, dead cool coming near you mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah. i can't wait to see yeah and canada so that's wow we're always like the forgotten cousin and so i'm so excited i feel bad because we get you know we have quite substantial business um on our website for canadian clients and 
we always see the shipping and we're like, yeah, damn, this person spent like $50 on shipping. I feel so bad. It's so annoying. Duties are so annoying. And like, there has to be a solution. Every time I order with duties, I'm like, what are we doing here? 3D printing. I was going to say, that's like maybe an interesting way of like smuggling products to Canada so that people don't have to do the taxes and duties. It is so crazy. The annoying part is that if you return something, you don't get the duties back. So it's like, you have to really commit to a purchase. Anyways, we're going down a rabbit hole, but it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. Yeah, it is a whole thing. Um, I'm curious. Okay, so you guys have a lot of really interesting and exciting things coming around the corner. Where do you think Dead Cool is going to be like two or three years from now? It's hard to say. I think we'll definitely be in a much different position. I mean, last year was the year of like updating our packaging, but also hiring really like good foundational members of the team. Ooh. You know, some executive people that like mm-hmm. I definitely help with and you know I know we have a lot of prompt questions so we'll go to that but definitely like asking for help is something that I didn't know how to do and now that I'm doing it I'm just trying to navigate as best I can and I'm trying to live presently especially with all the newness that's happening in 2022 but yeah I think I don't know (laughs) I'm excited (laughs) we'll find out yeah yeah what were some of those really pivotal roles? And I think actually before um, I turn it over to you, I think it's very interesting. The people who have done the slow bl- slow burn approach with their businesses, they've had years of conditioning that they're the only person that gets things done. And so I actually feel like it's harder for those people to relinquish control and add new people in than it is for people who start with that mentality. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Who are these roles and how has that impacted your day to day? I mean, it's amazing. Like I, I didn't know, it's like you said, I didn't know I needed the help until I like actually had the help. And for a really long time I was burning out and I didn't realize what I was doing to myself. It was just a tough situation where I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm the only one who knows how to do it. And then my CPA actually reached out to me and was like, I know someone who could actually help you because I don't know anything about financials. Uh, I didn't go to business school. Like I studied liberal arts in college and I kind of just learned everything from experience. So my CPA was like, you know, you should talk to this guy. He reached out to me, I would say January of last year. And I kind of brushed it off. And I was like, I don't need financial help. Like I can figure it out. I know we're cash flow positive. And I was like literally writing checks and was like acting like I was in 1990 which works for some people, but apparently there's a more efficient way. And I think months down the road of all these opportunities approached and I was like, I actually really do need help and I need help scaling my business in the right way. So I hired a CFO and he has literally changed everything. It's funny because I, you know, I didn't necessarily have the support that I needed and the confidence because again, this was so new to me, but I really just took a took a leap of faith. I did the project with him and now he's my full-time CFO and he's like, you can hire this person. And I'm oh. like, I can hire someone? Like how what do you mean? Like I didn't know. So it was it was a lot of like trial and error, working with a lot of agencies and you know, now I have like, you know, 
amazing full-time employees. I have amazing like freelancers I work with and getting the help navigating just like the business side of things is super helpful because, you know, we can only do really so much. Mm -hmm. Totally. When you're just one person, like even if you did go to business school and you did have a finance background, like there's only so many hours in a day. So that's, yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Let's pivot into some of our quick hit questions. So the deal with these, just whatever comes to your mind, we try not to go down rabbit holes, but we usually do. We'll just see where it goes. So first one, what trait do you most attribute to your success? I'm definitely a visionary and I don't take no for an answer. So if I have something that like I am dedicated to and passionate for, I will just do whatever it takes to get there. And, you know, it's never easy, but you just kind of have to like put your best foot forward. So that I would say, yeah, I'm very uh, motivated. Make it happen. I love that. And what gives you energy? Oh, a good night's sleep. I am like such a grandma these days. I work, I, you know, I do my best work in the morning. So at the end of the day, like 9 PM, I just like need to be in my bed and I just like, I wake up energized and I feel great after I have like a good night's rest and water. So (laughs) what's, what's the nighttime routine? How do you make sure that you have a good sleep? Uh, It's hard because, you know, my significant other likes to sleep really late and luckily we don't live together yet, but whenever he spends the night, I'm like watching TV until midnight, which I absolutely hate doing, but (laughs) nights where I'm like, leave me alone. I'm just like sleep the night. Don't want to be bothered. That's so funny. I deal with the exact same thing and like he can't fall asleep unless he's listening to something and I can't sleep if there's something on. So I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe just like separate rooms forever. I I really don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Next question. Advice for your younger self. Oh, don't take rejection too hard. I mean, even in my career at this point in time, uh, super, you know, there's rejection everywhere and it's really hard because you feel like like it's attributed to you as a person. So you really yes. like there will always be rejection and there will always be obstacles. Yeah. It's just a matter of how you interpret it and yeah. not to really take it to heart and just kind of take it as a learning experience. So yeah, not, not being too hard on myself, which I'm still working on. <laughs> you know, what's really funny is you, your trait that you most attribute to your success is not taking no for an answer, but then also advice for your younger self is not to take rejection so hard. Right. So was that, was that something you had to learn along the way? Yes. And I'm still learning, which is yeah. like, it's just a never ending battle, but you know, thank God for therapy. Yeah. Honestly, thank God for therapy. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. It's such a life hack. <laughs> life hack. I'm like, I don't have problems, but I want therapy. And everyone's like, Oh, what do you mean? And then my therapist is like, this is anxiety. You have anxiety. I was like, I do. <laughs> honestly, honestly, because yeah, like when you've thought a certain way your whole life and it's just so natural to you, and then you're like, oh, wait, that's not healthy. Yeah. Oh, like mm-hmm. it's like a whole new world opens up. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, mm-hmm. what is the last book that you read? So, everyone is like freaking out about the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, and yes. I'm a huge Beatles fan. There's a book called The Love You Make, which is kind of like the 
the up and like the bringing of the Beatles. So it's kind of like a fun read. I like try and read more like entrepreneurial books, but I just get really bored. So I need like a (laughs) story. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Stories and fiction, it is just such a nice way to unplug from that world. And I think, I mean, it doesn't need to serve a purpose, but I think it does serve its own purpose and just taking that time to get lost in something else. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing you don't understand? Oh God. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm biased being like on the other side of things, but I just feel like people need to be nicer when it comes like to being behind a screen. Like, you know, if USPS or whatever, the mail is a day late, people are so crazy and I don't think enough people talk about it. And I'm just like, I'm sorry that your package is a day late, but like, you know, we're in a pandemic people. Have you heard about the supply chain? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, just be nicer. And I know we're all talking about like, like the anti-bully movement and people just like being more understanding. I just think that like, maybe we should like actually practice this. And I don't understand why people are so angry, but you know, for a different day. You know what? Maybe we try it. Maybe we try not spreading hate and just see what happens. Exactly. I'm like, look at euphoria. Everyone's like, so like cool and like accepting. I'm like, why can't we be like that in real life? I know. And honestly, I feel like the cause is like, hurt people hurt people you know it's like I think the answer is everyone just needs to go figure out their shit like work through your shit and if we all do that we'll be nicer to each other like if you feel good about yourself and you like yourself you're probably not going to feel the need to go be shitty to someone online you know 100% agree yeah good stuff okay what is a brand obviously other than dead cool that you're loving right now I love Bagu. Um, I love, I love so many brands. I mean, honestly, it's funny, the community that I've built in the, in this industry, like all my friends have really dope brands and I love Starface. I love do skin. I love topicals, like anything, anything that like my cool ass friend is making, like I love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's like everything I wear and like use, I'm like, my friend made this and it just makes it so much more fun. Yeah, no kidding. And honestly, um, like we are from Toronto. So a lot of the people we talk to are Toronto based brands. And as you know, we were supposed to do this interview in person, we were supposed to be in LA. So we've been chatting with lots of LA based entrepreneurs this week. And honestly, everyone is so awesome. Like everyone has been so nice to talk to so down to earth, so kind. And it seems like you guys have a really good, like founder community here. Yeah, we do. Definitely. And that's also kind of like, I feel like it may have been a little more competitive, like, you know, in a different time period when there weren't all these like girl bosses coming around, but it's like really supportive and the community is really, really important and impactful. So yeah, it definitely is. It's huge. Um, Okay. Final quick, quick hit question. Who do you think gets it? I think Mindy Kaling gets it. She's like my favorite. I love her new show, everything she does. I'm like, I just want to be you. So I love her. And I think she gets it. That's amazing. We've never had her as a response yet. 
Oh, really? Good. She's amazing. She's hilarious. She's like my favorite person. I like wish I could be her friend and I'm like the super fan and I don't care about celebrities or like influencer people. I don't, I'm like so far removed from that. But for some reason, like Mindy is like my like idol. <laughs> Karina, do not sell yourself short. We are calling it now. One day you're going to be friends with Mindy Kaling. It's just I hope so. if she hears this, you know, yeah. please come over. Well, she might listen, you know, they get it as massive. Yeah. So I could do yeah. really <laughs> We have a lot of celebrities listening to us. Yeah. Karina, this has been such a fun conversation. So nice that our audience kind of gets to know you a little bit. And everyone stay tuned. We'll be back with Karina in a few days talking about authenticity. We've talked to a lot of really young entrepreneurs through this podcast, and it's always like, okay, they did this when they were like 21 or 22. And Karina started dabbling with fragrance at 13 years old. Like, is that not mind blowing? It's so crazy. And it's cool because it was clearly just like at that time, she wasn't thinking about starting a business. She was just doing it for fun. And then she was able to turn that passion project into a business. And I think it's a reminder that anyone can do that. And it's so cool. Like if you have something that you love to do, yeah, it's not going to be a breeze to turn that into a business and make it your means of earning money, but it's possible. And I just, I just love that. I think that's what I love about entrepreneurship is like, you get to put yourself into the world and add this sense of individuality and it's so cool. And so on that note, stay tuned in a couple days. We're going to come out with our next episode with Karina, all about how she fosters authenticity, how she's translated that into her brand. She got really real with us, um, which we so appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I think those kind of conversations are just nice because it reminds you that everyone's human. And I think we forget that sometimes. So yeah, stay tuned in a couple days. It's a good one. Bye.